0: Let's talk about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. That's right. No more excuses. Get your lazy ass off the couch. Go start a podcast. There's the creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Once again, no more excuses. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so we can hear it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Could it be easier? Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right, they're paying us for this ad. Thank you very much, Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. This
1: is The Dime, a 10-minute dive into the cannabis and hemp industry through trends, insights, predictions, and tangents. I feel like it's a good guess, right? Like,
0: do you have a guess, Brian? It's really interesting because... In dispensaries before the world ended with COVID, right? People would get a big whiff of the cannabis and some people would love that skunk smell, that skunky smell. But I wonder if they're driving on the road with you, Kellen, and that skunk is murdered and the, the odor is given off, are people still enjoying the smell or is the association of the relaxed feeling of consuming the cannabis the reason that they've kind of associated skunk with a positive illicit feeling it's funny you you have so many people who who smell skunk it's disgusting it's pungent it's horrific it is that defense making mechanism like you've spoken about but then you have others who literally take a big whiff of a jar of cannabis and go amazing right like (laughs) it's, it's, it's it's incredible to think that's that society is separated like that and i wonder if they'll do experiments where people who love that smell of the skunk like smell will just go to like an actual skunk. And maybe even one step further, these, these individuals, maybe cultivators will utilize the, the actual real skunk pungent smell, capture it in some sort of jar and then just spread it on the, the flower.
1: Yeah, and I think honestly though, right there, that's an excellent point, Brian, and it highlights actually a huge issue within companies operating in the space, right? A lot of people love that smell, a lot of growers, all those people, right? But at the end of the day, when these these companies are building out these facilities and they're actually cultivating cannabis indoors in, say, an industrial park, because you have that other side of the population that literally cannot stand the smell, potentially because of the reasons we just talked about, that's why these companies are mandated to implement smell mitigation systems, right? So like, they literally have to show the city that they have an actual plan in place to mitigate the smells like you would for an HVAC system. But now you have to show that you're scrubbing the air that's exiting your facility, too, so that you're not stinking up the whole whole place, you know, the whole industrial lot, if you will.
0: Yeah, that's that's a really interesting point that, that makes me believe. I, I don't recall exactly which hot sauce company it was, whether it was Cholula or Sriracha. Gotcha sriracha where they have all these issues with that and i mean is that that's probably where we're headed in some sort of like smell mitigation factory similar to what they went through because like there's no chance that a facility could could grow as much cannabis and it could just populate around the surrounding areas parents don't want their kids to be smelling that especially if it's like near a local school and now you've got jurisdictions and all these location perimeters it's it's super, super complicated. So there's definitely going to have to institute those. I mean, that's why we have the Green Mile
1: in Colorado, right? And so they recognized this. The city of Denver did, and they literally said, if you want to cultivate cannabis inside in the city of Denver, you have to go to this specific area. Which is, uh, next time you're in Colorado, I'll, uh, you'll, we'll roll the windows down, driving back, driving in from the airport, um, and it's literally on the I-70 corridor. From in between downtown and the international airport and like there is times of the year where you, it's wild like you can literally and these are facilities that are supported by pe private equity and have capital to put the proper systems in place and they have and they're still not able to mitigate it like you're talking with sriracha and it's wild like you can drive down the i-70 corridor at certain times of the year and you're just like wow it smells like straight skunk or straight cannabis you know what i mean and so that's what literally Colorado did. And it, it'll be really interesting to see how other states and municipalities within those states kind of tackle that same problem, if you will,
0: right? We should, I, I wonder if there's any universities right around the Green Mile in Denver, because that's probably a very popping location for some co-eds and maybe just a stoner idea, but why don't they just surround their factory with dryer sheets? And, and then you've kind of consumed the smell completely. Maybe it's a little ridiculous, <laughs> but like it works in college, like they should institute those those areas. No, I'm going to write that down.
1: We should, we, should, we should literally email the owners of those facilities. That.
0: Yeah, that's, that's definitely a stoner idea for sure. All right, <laughs> prediction, prediction time. <laughs> Will the odor associated with cannabis become more or less of an issue as legalization expands and as the technology advances in the industry?
1: Uh, Less of an issue because I think as the industry expands, there's going to have more adoption of the cannabis plant. The cultural stigma will kind of break down. And I think a lot of people that didn't like the smell associated the smell with cannabis and then associated cannabis with, the devil's lettuce or something really negative right and so that kind of series of associations with the smell was facilitating negative opinions associated with it and i think as 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 that stigma changes the the feelings associated with that smell will also change what do you think
0: the the bags to mitigate it or the jars to mitigate the smell i think will become increasingly popular we went to the Speakeasy in New York City after the Cannabis Conference last year. And JJ from Minnesota had homegrown me some some bud that he had cultivated specifically for some of the areas of my interest that I was looking for. And he handed it to me and I was very gracious for that, except for the fact that I, I was in New York City and had to travel home with all that. And um, there wasn't an easy way to transport it because I can only imagine how many looks on the way home I got since I woke up in the morning and my wife was convinced that a skunk had died in our house and I had to encourage her over and over again that there was no dead skunk. It was my friend JJ who had grown me some pot in Minnesota and had brought it to me. And let's just say that if I had myself a little bag or a jar that had contained that smell, I think we could have avoided that uncomfortable conversation of searching for a dead skunk in our house.
1: (laughs) I definitely believe
0: that. All right, do it. All right. You work in a cultivation facility.
1: You're surrounded by cannabis. On your way from work, you get pulled over and you wreak
0: a weed. Does the officer arrest you for driving under the influence? What a terrible situation already. Um, they're going to have to have some evaluation tests, something similar Finger. to a DUI test that quantifies the legalities of my – bloodstream to ensure if I'm under the influence. Or not. I mean, the same thing if you work in a bar, right? If if you work, if you're a bartender and someone spills like booze all over you or you smell like vodka or tequila or whatever horrendous booze smell combined all over you. I mean, it's the same concept. The, the officer is not going to take one whiff at you and be like, well, you definitely smell like a booze factory. Get out of the car, you're going to jail. They'll do some sort of roadside test because I, my assumption is that police officers can't be operating as much under assumptions as they can be with some sort of statistical measurement to determine the safetyness of your driving. So I would assume there's a test. Do they have any yeah. of those tests in, in Denver? How do they do that now? So there is a test. So this is actually probably
1: going to be one of the most controversial subjects. Once the excitement in the media kind of about legalization has waned and it's more accepted. This is gonna be the next big topic that's approached from a conversational standpoint. Um and I'm gonna tell you right now the system's broken that they have right in place. Uh if your eyes are bloodshot, they can pull you out of the car and do a roadside sobriety test. Based on their judgment, they can then arrest you for a DUI, bring you in, and then they're gonna do a blood draw, right? So they're gonna draw your blood and currently The levels that are determined that you are no longer capable to operate a motor vehicle is around 10 nanograms per deciliter of blood. So if you have 10 nanograms of THC per deciliter of blood, you are inhibited to the point where you cannot drive. The controversy associated with this is that if you're a chronic cannabis user, say you consume cannabis every day, that level will not go below 15 nanograms per deciliter unless you quit for 30 days straight so you have medical patients who are prescribed this medicine and need this medicine to function in the real world and say they may not have consumed cannabis all day and they just consume it at night they're driving home from work and they get a cop that's not didn't have a good day or for whatever reasons ends up getting pulled over goes through the whole thing that individual will get a dui even though he didn't consume cannabis all day long we can talk about the merits and we can talk about if you think that's right. And we can talk about all of the kind of emerging technology that's coming out from a science perspective to try to address that. But if you want to hear about that, you're going to have to tune into the next episode.
0: Yeah. I figured that's a really good gateway into it, but I was fearful you were going to go too far in and that we were going to have to just continue this. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks everyone for listening. Catch you next week.